0: Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teledabs. It is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, we are fresh off of the Avalanche's 3-2 shootout win over the New York Rangers' We could go the rest of the regular season and not see a game as good as this one. This was an all-time classic.
1: Yeah, this was a fantastic game. I was low-key kind of dreading this episode because it's like, oh, we only have one game to talk about. But this game was so fucking good that I'm glad this is a standalone episode for this game.
0: Yeah, like I'm glad we don't have any other games to water this game down with. This game deserves a full hour of podcasting if we can manage that. There's so much to talk about. I get to complain about ESPN broadcasts. Georgiev revenge game. I hate playing in New York and we got to go to a shootout, my favorite thing. So I got I got so much stuff to talk about. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, it it
1: was like you said at the beginning, this was probably one of the best regular season hockey games we will see all year. Uh huh. I I thought both goaltenders were absolutely fantastic and I wouldn't hate I know I said Avs Lightning in the Cup Final. I would not hate a Cup Final between these two teams.
0: No. The Rangers have goal. Well, we both have to get there first. But if it just so happens to work out that way, these two teams would put up a classic. I think in the playoffs, the Avs play better than they did tonight, and I still think they can walk the Rangers. But it would be fun games. Well, it'd be
1: closer because of Igor Shosturkin. I mean, if Igor Shosturkin wasn't playing this game, the Abs could have had four or five goals.
0: And that goes both ways, too. If Alex yeah. Georgiev wasn't playing this game, the Rangers could have had four or five goals and blown us out the other way. Georgiev took his revenge game today very seriously. The final shots on goal in this game, I can't remember seeing a a shot on goal line like this that wasn't a double overtime game. 46 for the Rangers, 44 for the Avalanche, and those two, goal, those two shots on goal can probably be accredited to the Rangers' power play in overtime. Like, yeah. just incredibly even. The two goals that went in for the Rangers, literally nothing Georgiev could do. He stopped everything today. Four Dude, four those,
1: those Rangers plays, I got to give him credit. Those were beautiful passing plays. Those
0: were genuinely beautiful plays on just not great plays by the As. but that's what the Rangers are. They can, they can punish you in transition, and they make those perfect cross-crease passes that there is not anything a goalie in the world can do about them.
1: No, absolutely not. But it was... Up and down action. I, I people were saying that like teams dominated periods. I, I don't think that any team particularly dominated a period. I thought they were all pretty evenly played.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I thought the Avs had the edge in the first period. Thought the Rangers were better in the second. I thought the third was really even from start to finish. Like this was just a a classic hockey game. This was an amazing game from start to finish. Like what was there not in this game? This game had everything.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think if it's something it didn't have,
0: like it didn't the, have a fight. I was gonna didn't say didn't have a fight? fight. I mean,
1: but other than that, it yeah, was perfect. Other
0: than that, I mean, this other than that, that was a just a classic hockey game and an all time goalie duel, and it couldn't have been better time between Igor Shosturkin and Alex Georgiev in Georgiev's first game against the Rangers in his career.
1: Yeah, he was awesome. It's kind of unfair that the Rangers had Georgiev and Shosturkin. At some point, like the, judging what these two have shown so far, like it's a little bit unfair,
0: don't you say? There was a point I'll, in time where they, there was Lundqvist. a yeah, there was a point in time where they had Shostak Georgiev and Lundqvist at the same time. That's like, just not fair. Like
1: kudos to the Rangers. I hate the like I, I don't hate the Rangers. You have more of a reason to hate I, the Rangers. I do, but yeah, but it's just not fair that they've been able to go from Lundqvist, an all-time great, to Shostak, who's on track to be an all-time great. Like that's just not fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, how long... When did they get Henrik Lundqvist? Like, the early 2000s? Yeah, I think it was like 2004. Right, I was going to say 2004. And they immediately transitioned to Shesterkin. Who may be better. (laughs) Who could potentially be better after Lundqvist had a Hall of Fame career and was arguably the best goalie of his generation. They got...
1: How mad were you that Lundquist had that heart surgery when he was supposed to play for the Caps?
0: Man, I really wanted him to play for the Caps. Then, I mean, good good on him for taking care of his health. He absolutely cannot fault yeah. anybody for doing that. I was so hyped when Lundquist signed in Washington just because it, it felt like spitting in the face of the Rangers. <laughs> I, I wanted... Nothing more than to see lundquist in a Capitals jersey, even if it was just for one game, just so we could have that. So he'd be like, "Nope, he played for another team, and he played for us. You don't get to claim him." Yeah,
1: he—he's great. He was great. I mean, Shosturkin, I dude, there were so many times tonight. I was just like, "How the fuck does he make that save?" Like that save he had on Miko on that clean cut breakaway was absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, that that rant and then save. I mean, he he bit on the move, but he's just so good and so athletic. He just dives back and saves it anyway. He's, he's an animal, yeah. right? Like right now, I'd argue in one game, maybe not a playoff game. You're giving me one goalie to win one game. It, it's just Durkin right now.
1: It's a lot closer than people want to give it credit for. I still lean towards
0: Vasilevsky, yeah. but – I mean, in, in the playoffs, I go Vasilevsky, but you're, yeah. you're giving me one game. I'm gonna pick Shostak in the regular yeah. season.
1: It's a tight game or a tight choice, but that's just kind of where, kind of where I'm at so far. But man, sh- should we start? Should we start breaking
0: down the game? We we certainly could. We are an ass <laughs> podcast. We do get paid to do that from time to time. I can start even before the game even begins. I turned on the ESPN pregame and I shut it off instantly. I cannot stand <laughs> when the Rangers are on national television. They love them so much. They don't even try to hide it. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I'm just like, I can't deal with this. I'm so done. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's the problem when you go to these big markets. And I mean, thank God the Rangers are good and we aren't having to watch them every night and they're terrible. Like what they're trying to do with Chicago, like Chicago still has a ton of nationally broadcast games. It's like, no one wants to watch that, but they're going to do it. Um, But yeah, I'm lucky I was still at work and I didn't have to watch any of the uh, any of the pregame. Thank God
0: yeah i was asleep and i woke up to it and i instantly knew to turn it off because i was like (laughs) oh no they're talking about like the stanley cup final preview and i know we talked about it but like that was before the game like stanley cup final preview and the rangers and their physicality they just do everything so perfectly i'm like i want to throw up i hate listening to you talk about this team so much. Oh,
1: when people are talking about the rangers last year like they had this cinderella run. they were the one of the luckiest
0: teams in modern nhl history probably one of the luckiest conference final runs we've seen in a while
1: yeah. yeah i mean they get a third string goalie against pittsburgh they get a third string goalie against carolina and the first time they play a real goalie they they lose so um i think they're better this year i do um but man the they do love sucking off the Rangers and it's pretty funny. Would you rather it be the Rangers or the
0: Islanders though? Like, which is worse? Neither is good. At least the Islanders <laughs> was entertaining. It's entertaining. Honestly, they should just, just do it for the Buffalo Sabres. No one hates
1: the Buffalo Sabres.
0: Well, that, well if they did it for the Sabres, it wouldn't be fun anymore. That's true. They feel like you're like, yeah. Honestly, just, just keep it on the Rangers and leave all the actual fun teams alone.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, I mean, w- w- the game finally dropped. I, I'm surprised how early the puck dropped. I thought it was going to drop 6 6.30. I'm going to be honest with you. I yeah. thought I was going to be able to make it home in time before the game started. Honestly, the I've,
0: people- I've noticed that this season. They've gotten a lot better about puck, puck drop this season. Like, even, yeah. even for the the season openers, obviously, besides ours, we had the banner raising. But I, for the the Caps one, they dropped the puck on season opener at 7.05. I was yeah, stunned. They, like, they like- were only, like, seven minutes late on this one, but –
1: yeah, I was shocked. I was like, damn, I thought I was going to make it home. I missed like the first five minutes, but I i didn't miss much. But it, it gets going. Avs get a power play. And i we talked about him enough last episode, but Val is a scoring machine at this point.
0: It, he just is. I mean, all you have to do is open up NHL.com, go to the stats tab, and tell me who you see in essentially every category. Everything. Val Nachushkin is tied for the lead, league lead, with twelve points and seven goals in both categories. It's ridiculous, and he's okay. Panarin did not get a point, so they are still tied at twelve apiece at the top of the league. Actually, I think Jesper Bratt just joined them like an hour ago. But good for Jesper Bratt. You no, know, good for him, man, in a contract year no less. Yeah. But, but for Val, seven goals at the top of the league, tied with, I said I'd go to the stats page. Andre
1: Svechnikov yep. and Steven Stamkos. I
0: said I was going to look. I did not. But anyway, <laughs> he's tied with Svechnikov and Stamkos and tied with Panarin, Posternak, and Bratt for 12 points at the top of the league. Like, that's crazy. But it's also, it's, crazy. It's, also, it's also not that crazy when you consider how good Val is. But it's like I said last episode. Remember a year ago, we said this guy could not finish.
1: And now he can't. Did you see? I don't know if you saw Jay Fresh tweeted out his card yesterday, his analytics card. It, it was absurd. Like I don't even know analytics, but he, he – Val breaks the charts. He's
0: so there's good. A, there's a lot of blue on there yeah. I'm noticing right now. A lot of blue. And a, like an 96 War. An amount of blue.
1: Yeah, 96 War. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, he, He's so good, dude. I, I just – I don't know what else we can say about him because I don't think he's going to cool down. I think this is just going to be the, he'll cool down. He's not going to score a hundred points. If he but, doesn't
0: cool down, he'll score 90 goals this season. Yeah. Like he's, he's legitimately on pace for like a hundred goals. He's yeah. going to stop at some point. And to be fair, like six of them are on the power play. Like that's going to calm down. But the fact that we're getting this at all is nuts.
1: Yeah, It's nuts. I mean, I we talked about last episode, I don't think it's crazy he gets 35-40. Not, not at this rate, absolutely not, not. Like, I don't think it's crazy with the opportunities he's going to get. Um, and he ended up playing a lot with the top line at the end of the game. Not because Arturi Lekkinen was playing bad, but just because Val was just a fucking beast. Just because, So you have to get him up there with McKinnon and Ranson.
0: Yeah, just because you can play Val wherever you want, because he can do whatever you ask of him. He's so good, dude. He's so
1: good. And that, Kale McCarr, poor Kale McCarr. He should have like three goals at this point, but they've all been deflected and <laughs> they've gone in. So Kale McCar's still goalless, which I don't think anyone would have predicted at this point, but he's a been kind of a
0: little surprising and a little disappointing for my fantasy team who picked him six overall. But seven points, though. He's he's true. Yeah, he's got seven points. I mean, he's gotten better with each game. I I thought tonight was one of his best games so far. Obviously, that was a beautiful setup on the power play, just the, the step back and the read and everything. I thought his defense looked a lot crisper tonight and he, it, it doesn't look that different from last October. Honestly, it looked like he got off to a slow start last season with an injury. doesn't seem like he's dealing with anything right now, but he's slowly getting the wheels turning like by January, he's going to be miles ahead of everybody. Oh
1: yeah. He, he's going to be great. And I, I am usually pretty hard on Adam Fox. I don't think he's as good as everyone pegs him to be tonight. He was, he was awesome.
0: Yeah, Fox Fox was one of the best players on the ice in this game. I mean, credit where credit is due. He was brilliant.
1: Yeah, I I do think he's a little bit overrated, but I mean, that's just me. Um, But he was fantastic tonight. Kale McCarl was fantastic tonight. Like we made fun of the star cam.
0: Well, I was going to segue right into that. The uh, the what was it? The star cam for ESPN. They advertised that in the first period. And my first thought was why would anybody watch that? So naturally I did just to see, and it's not even bad enough to make fun of, but it's not good enough to ever not watch the normal broadcast. Like I was, I watched it for two minutes and just thought, why would I ever use this for any reason? Because what it is for those who don't know is you get one third of the screen is the actual game, the thing you are watching. And then the other Third is Kale McCarr and Adam Fox at all times. And where are they for two thirds of the game, Christian? Not on the ice. The bench. (laughs) And then under that half of the screen, the bottom half of the screen is stats that you can just look up on your phone and how much ice time McCarr and Fox have. Good idea. Why would I ever watch that?
1: I don't know if you're a super like junky of like just watching guys sit on the bench maybe but (laughs) i don't know it 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 was interesting i would never watch those like it's just i want to watch the whole game and maybe it's for i don't know i don't know who would watch that i would love to see the numbers on who watched that
0: right because like if you're a hardcore fan wouldn't you just watch the game but if you're a new fan i don't think you're tuning into the star cam you're just gonna watch the game like hockey if you're not a massive fan it's already complicated enough to follow yeah I don't want to watch two other guys on the bench and then when they're on the ice, try to keep track of both things. And now the puck's even smaller because it's compressed into a third of the screen. I You know we're headed back for the highlighted puck, right? Oh, uh, we absolutely are. On it. Yeah. But we're we're- headed back to that hockey is going to be unbearable to watch in five years because you're going to have the digital ads. You're going to have an orange puck. You're going to have all this stuff projected on the ice. The jerseys are going to be littered in ads. <laughs> like It's just going to be stimuli overload. And the NHL is going to wonder why does nobody watch our sport? We'll see. I, I, the highlighted puck is
1: kind of a cool idea, but.
0: Until, I, I... until it in it's in practice and then it sucks.
1: Yeah, that's true. But. Yeah, I mean, the star cam was interesting. Other than that, in the first period, though, I, I don't think, other than the Valgol. oh, we had the the weirdest, like, it was very clearly, the Avs always seem to be on the wrong side of these, but Devontae's high sticks, Kale McCarr in the face, and they take Lafreniere to the box, and it was very clear that it was Devontae's stick. Very clear. But they called it, and the Avs got a power play, and I... I don't know what happened it, to my knowledge the the tablet didn't work, so they couldn't review it, but they shouldn't have been able to review it in the first place. Cause it wasn't a double minor, but it makes no, so like the whole thing was just weird.
0: Yeah. It's just the absolute microcosm of the NHL and the last 24 hours in the NHL, you had Phil Kessel who tied the Ironman streak with Keith Yandel yesterday And he scores a goal in the first two minutes, which I believe would have been his 600th point or something. 400th goal. Yeah. Or 400th goal or something like that. And they took it away for offside. Like just what would have been a classic for years. They, they took it away. And now here's the
1: good news. He just scored tonight. when he broke the streak. So he's at 400 and it counted.
0: Okay, good. I didn't see that because I've been watching this game, but then you get this 24 hours later where Devontae's high sticks, Kale McCarr, they call it a Lafreniere. That's okay. You know, that's a mistake. They happen. We've instituted rules where you can review that. No, they haven't. They instituted it for double minors, where if you're bleeding, they can take it back. If it's not that, if it's just a regular high sticking penalty, then you're just stuck with it. So they had the foresight to see that this happens from time to time. But only cover their bases for like five percent of that time.
1: Yeah, I think you're doing a dangerous slope though, because if you can review those penalties, what's stopping you from reviewing every penalty?
0: Well, I get that, but then why are you allowed to review the double minor?
1: Right. No, I completely agree. That that's what makes no sense. That's what It I mean. reminds like, me of when the NFL you could challenge the pass interference rule and it like stuck for a year and I was like that was dumb.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not. I don't. You don't want teams challenging penalties, but I'm just saying, pick a lane. Either you're allowed to review the play or you're not. Yeah, so I completely if, agree. If Makar was bleeding, then it wouldn't have been a penalty. But since he's not, we get a power play out of it. And I don't know if the, the tablet was working, but even if it was, they're not allowed to review it. But right. they tried to review it anyway. So you're already wasting our time with a review. Why not just make the correct call? Yeah. I know we benefited from that. Honestly, I'm going to hot take. I'm going to argue we didn't because – now the fans are in the game because they're pissed the rangers are pissed off you have to score on that power play or totally. otherwise you are fighting an uphill battle we don't i'd argue the rangers had full control for the rest of that period oh
1: yeah i mean it was and you knew a makeup call was coming like it you just was yeah there was going to be a makeup call and you just we had already accepted it so like if you didn't score there it was kind of like well now we're not going to get another penalty for be lucky to get one more penalty and i think that's what we got we got one more power play
0: Yeah, we did. I believe, yeah, we did. NHL.com is not working. But yes, we got one more power play for the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it was a weird call. The abs didn't score. But even after that, like that first period was highly entertaining. Um, Shesterkin, we've already talked about how much of an animal he is. He is so fucking good, dude. And the first period ends and we get that makeup call where Dryden Hunt bumps a Rangers player in front of the bench and they called at the end of the period for interference. And you're like, okay, that call wasn't announced, but I, I, I guess we have a PK to kill in the, in the, for, at the start of the second period.
0: Yeah. I thought it was very telling that I did not know about the penalty until you tweeted about it.
1: Yeah. Cause I heard Ray Ferraro say something at the end. I was like, where the fuck did a penalty happen?
0: Yeah. I, I saw you like, Oh, we're going on a penalty. I'm like what the hell are you talking about? Like I looked yeah. at an NH- I looked at the NHL. i like Dryden hunt in the box for interference. Like You you made that up, and you are hiding behind the fact that the period ended, which whatever, I guess, because makeup call we all knew was coming, but still, that I have have no argument because I didn't see it. They never showed it. Well, and then
1: they showed the replay at the start of the second period, and you go, really? Like, that's what it is? Okay. I mean, at least we got it out of the way, hopefully, but uh, it it didn't get out of the way. Um, a, A real positive from tonight, dude. Our PK, for the first time all year, did
0: not allow a power play goal. They look genuinely really good in this game. They go they go four for four on the penalty kill. They have one penalty kill where they do not allow a shot. I believe it was that one. Yep. And they do not allow a shot, and they looked good. There was one where they didn't look that good, but Georgiev, like he has on some penalty kills so far, been brilliant.
1: Yeah, he's been brilliant, and I, I'm seeing improvement from this PK.
0: I mean – there was really no place to go but up. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was only downhill, or it's only like you can only get better from where they were. So they come back, go four on the PK, and then can we take another penalty in that second period? Yes, I feel like we did. We it took was Josh Manson, we, right?
0: We, the, it was the comp for one hooking on Lafreniere. And then yeah, the- no, that was caused by Josh
1: Manson. I, the, Josh Manson, he didn't have a great game. I don't think he was particularly bad, but there were a couple head scratching moments. Where, like, what are you doing, dude?
0: Yeah, Manson, I did not think was good. He looked kind of lost. He took some bad penalties. Like, we we sung his praises last week after the Minnesota game because he played well, and now yep. in this game he didn't. I mean, that's just sometimes the journey of a third pair defenseman.
1: Yeah, it's the Josh Manson experience. We, we got the full we got the full experience tonight. Um and yeah I mean that that one he he set up comp right I don't know how he didn't chip that puck out like it was an easy clear and he keeps it in and then Comper has to come back and hook was it Lafreniere did Lafreniere. He hook Lafreniere it was Lafreniere yeah. so the abs go on another pk that pk the rangers held a lot of zone time but I thought the penalty kill in general was fantastic that period
0: yeah I mean it's hard to hard to argue when they go 4 for 4 in the game and they really kind of survived the second period, I would say. This was obviously their worst period of the game. They weren't bad, but this was the Rangers' best, I would say. Rangers get a goal pretty late in the second period from Barkley Goudreau. I mean, just amazing puck movement by them on another transition play.
1: Yeah, and just bad luck. I mean, all three abs forwards are at the end of their shift, and they get stuck below below the goal line. Sammy G, if he puts that puck on net, I think it's a little bit different, but he misses the net, and it bounces right to the Rangers and – I thought Sammy G did a good job getting back, but he he did a full-on like dive like you do in NHL, and it was just probably one of the worst dives you can see.
0: Yeah, I've, if Gerard gets that on net, he probably scores. I mean, it was yep. a, a really strong shot. He just missed it. And we've been talking a lot about the boards in this early season so far. Bouncy boards goes right to a ranger. They get an odd man rush, and there's really not much anyone, least of all kiev can do about it.
1: Yeah, it was. He almost made that save. It had to be a perfect shot shot by Goudreau, and it was.
0: He was real close.
1: Yeah, like I, I was confused on how it went in, and then you watch the replay, and it's like this close to Georgiev's blocker. It it was a good passing play, and there was nothing you could do. And it's one-one, and I kind of felt like at that point in the game was like, yeah, this game should be tied. Like I don't think any team should have a two-goal lead in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it felt like we deserved to be winning after the first period, and after the second, it felt like it deserved to be tied. It felt like just an ebb and flow of momentum all game long. Like, just, It didn't quite feel like a playoff game, but the momentum was there for both sides. Yeah. It was great, and I didn't think the
1: abs were particularly bad in that second period. You just knew the Rangers were going to come out with a lot more fire in that second period, than they did, and then the abs withstood the pressure. It reminded me a lot of... The playoffs last year where it's like you know you're not going to be able to dominate a good team for 64 minutes that's just not how hockey works when it's a good hockey team like what are the games that the abs dominated in the playoffs you had game two against Edmonton and game two against Tampa Bay who I consider good teams like the abs never really you can't dominate a team for that long so you knew it was coming and they survived it was 1-1 no complaints
0: yeah I mean it was at this point, like, you knew you were in for an all-time classic. The shots on goal at this point in the game were 27 for the Avalanche, 26 for the Rangers, and both goalies were ridiculous. At this point, the Rantanen save had already happened for Shesterkin. Georgiev was making glove saves. Like, he was tracking the puck like a madman today. Oh, like, yeah, he was great, dude. Like, like AJ tweeted this out. Like, he he kind of has that swag that Varlamov had when he was here. Oh, yeah. He
1: screams a lot like Varlamov. I, I think that's just Russian goalies in general. Like, they all kind of have that swag. Like, Vasilevsky's the king of, like, the swag. And Shesterkin did a couple times tonight with that glove. He just flicks it, and he makes it look a lot more... It's the Marc-Andre Fleury special.
0: Um, well, the, the, the Marc-Andre Fleury is the absolute king of that, where he doesn't flick it, he reaches his hand up, grabs it, and then throws it underneath himself, so he does, like, a fucking cartwheel. It's so funny <laughs> every time, but... Yeah, I mean I love Georgiev's confidence. I mean, this game in in its entirety is gonna fuel him for the rest of the season.
1: Oh yeah. Like that you had to have known, like just based off people and how humans work, like this was probably gonna be one of his best games of the year because he wanted to say fuck you to the Rangers in this
0: game. And he did. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. He he stuck it right to him. I mean, if he had a bad game in this game, like I would genuinely be worried about how that's going to affect him for the rest of the season. Like this oh, yeah. is the kind of thing where it's he wasn't mistreated by the Rangers, but he was clearly frustrated with his circumstance. Like he's behind arguably the best goalie in the NHL. And when he does play, the team clearly does not play as hard in front of him. So his numbers look like trash. He asked to get traded in season last year. They said they'll take care of him in the offseason And he did like that. Was, there was a lot of frustration coming into this game. If he finished with like an, like an 875 and we lost, I would be worried about how that would affect him but the exact opposite happened. He was damn near perfect. I'd argue he was perfect outside of plays outside of his control and lo and behold, and here we are basically two weeks into the season and goaltending is the least of our problems.
1: Oh yeah. And it's a complete opposite of what last year is like. It's very weird because the team's only going to get better when you add Landis Cog and Helm back into this lineup. Like they're only going to get better in front of him and we don't need him to be a 955. We just proved we can win a cup with a 900 goalie. Like we don't need that. But if you're telling me
0: we have that, I'll take that all fucking day, dude. Yeah, if you're if you're getting that Georgiev in high pressure situations. I mean, for Georgiev, for the rest of the regular season, there's not going to be a more high pressure situation than that. Even when we play the Rangers again, it's going to be in Colorado. So there's not going to be that same pressure as winning in New York. Until the playoffs, he's not going to be in that kind of situation again. So it bodes quite well for him in the playoffs that he's going to perform in high pressure situations.
1: He, he's going to perform, and in our two biggest tests of the year that he's played against Vegas
0: and New York on the road, he's been phenomenal. He's been arguably the first star in both of the games. Yeah, I, and he was literally the first star, even even in buildings where I remember the Vegas game. We talked before we recorded that episode that they gave the the other two stars to like. I remember it was like
1: Michael and uh, Stone, I think.
0: Yeah, Stone, who didn't even have the goals in the game, and they didn't give them to the Abs, who scored goals in this game, but they gave it to Georgiev. And even in this game, Georgiev, number one star, Shestak, number two, and they gave Barkley Goodrow third star. Like even these home biased arenas cannot argue with Georgiev. Yeah, yeah, he was phenomenal,
1: dude. And I did not think he would be this good right away, but hey, we'll take it all fucking day, dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's not even taking the time to adjust to the system and he's just casually putting up a 44-save performance on the road and totally saving our ass. I mean, because let's face it, he lets in one bad goal, we lose that game, straight up. Shesterkin had an equal night to him. He dueled him the whole way.
1: Yeah, he dueled him the whole way, and Shesterkin made one mistake in the third period. Exactly. And it was... Like that's the danger of goalies playing the puck. Like you just don't see it as much in today's NHL just because goalies aren't that, you know what I mean? Like active with the puck, but
0: you you see, you see what happens when they are.
1: Yeah. You see what happens. And even Shosturkin who I think is probably one of the best puck handlers in the NHL um, for a goaltender, he just flubbed it and Cagliano keeps the forecheck on steals the puck from him and finds Logan O'Connor wide open and can actually found a way to make it back to make that yeah, actually he uh, almost saved this. He almost saved it and Logan O'Connor just sneaks it in and Avs are up two one and you're like, okay, this feels good because it if it, it felt like the Rangers were going to score on that power play, just based off of how the Avs PK has been going.
0: Yeah. It, fe- it felt like the Rangers were due for a power play goal or mm-hmm. we were due to give one up. But again, Short-handed goal for the abs while the penalty kill has struggled over the last couple of games. They have their second short short-handed goal of the season. Logan O'Connor, his first goal of the season, kind of a rip on this shot. I mean, oh, I mean yeah. Sterkin was a little out of place, but he ripped that shot perfectly. Yeah. It was a
1: beautiful shot by Logan O'Connor and good for him. I mean, I think, I think the third line has been better these past couple of games and they haven't really been rewarded, but they were rewarded tonight. And that goal was just beautiful and this is reminding me a lot of last year for the abs. I feel like they're going to score a ton of shorthanded goals early in the year. And then they just won't score another one for the rest of the
0: yeah. year. I mean, this game kind of did remind me not a ton, but a little bit of our Tampa game last year in October, yeah. where it's just the only difference right now is we're a better team in October right now than we were last yeah. year. Yeah. We're a much better team than we
1: were in October of last
0: year. So not, granted, not a high bar to clear, but
1: yeah, not a high bar to clear, but this team's so talented that even sometimes when they aren't playing the best, they can find a way to win. So. Um,
0: I mean, I kind of feel like that's how October has gone so far. The abs are clearly not the best they can be right now. They never are in October. Very, very rarely are teams the best they can be in October. It'd be concerning if they were right. And like, if you are at your best in October, you're probably going to burn out later in the season. Like you look at Buffalo right now, Philly. like even you look at Buffalo a couple of years ago where they were amazing early in the season, they totally burned out and missed by like 20 points. You see that a lot. Like, October is the time to figure things out. And if you're already just digging deep and finding ways to win in what game? Seven. seven? Yeah, seven of the season, then you're you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, you're in pretty good shape, And
1: I mean, for the rest of the third period, it was just quality fucking hockey. I love the Avs for the fact that they never sit back on a lead. No. I, I, they, they never, they're always finding ways to attack. Not anymore. Not anymore. They used to. They used to, but they keep attacking, and it did kind of bite him in the ass later in the third period. McKinnon, which you never see, gets knocked off the puck by Adam Fox. At that rarely, McKinnon one gets knocked over. Two, it, it just never happens. So I think kind
0: of. I think with less relax. him getting knocked over, he put himself in a bad spot. Like yeah. he, he made a bad read on this play, put himself off balance with the puck, and just. Gave Adam Fox a golden opportunity to get a, a highlight real play.
1: Yeah, I think the Abs made two mistakes tonight, and they both resulted in the back of the net. Yeah, so I mean, it goes down. There's absolutely nothing Jurcikov could do. I I get why the Abs are diving, but I feel like Ranton actually kind of impeded McCarr from getting back to defending Fox in that situation. Um, and a beautiful tapping goal for Adam Fox. Um, and it's two-two, and I think at that point, both teams were kind of just like, yeah, we'll take chances if we can, but I think both of us just want to get a point out of this game because both of us have played
0: well enough to at least earn a point. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night, following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild. This season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night From money line to puck line to individual player props, no matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I mean basically what you said like if you give us the opportunity we'll take it but from this point on i mean that's the that's the frustrating part about the the loser point in the nhl especially between like east west teams there's really no incentive to try to win in regulation other than the tiebreaker that might not even be a factor at the end of the season like it's just such a poor incentive to actually try to to win a tied game between teams that aren't division rivals But not to get off on a whole tangent about the the (laughs) 2-1 system. I could do that for hours, but at this point, the game's tied 2-2. Both teams have played brilliantly, and it's like, it wouldn't have felt right for this game to not go to overtime. This game was too good, too close for this to not be 2-2. It it took an abs mistake. Both abs mistakes ended up in the back of the net, and you can argue some Rangers mistakes ended up in the back of the net, too. The the turnover from Georgiev for the Logan O'Connor goal. You have the the power play given to us by Capo Caco in the first period. And so that's just what happens when two really good teams play each other. It's whoever makes the most mistakes is going to lose. And we go to overtime in this game. And I was very relieved to see at first that we are finally not starting McKinnon and Rantanen together for three on three.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is about those two, but they just don't work well in overtime. They just don't. They work well at five on five, but three on three, they just don't
0: work. I I don't know what it is because, well, I guess we can talk about it because overtime is only five minutes. They did play them together eventually. And (laughs) then Rantanen has a bad pass to McKinnon. It leads to a Panarin breakaway. And then I'd say McKinnon was forced to take a penalty, but I still don't see where he hooked him. I've watched the replay three times and I still cannot see where you're calling a penalty there. Yeah, me either. It, it it seemed like
1: just because McKinnon was at the end of his shift and Panarin was fresh, that that's why they called
0: it. It, it looked to me like they just expected McKinnon to take a penalty yeah. and he reached his stick around and they made the decision before his stick even made contact with him because he, he did not hook him. Like yeah. I, I hate to be a homer here but he did not hook him. It's just straight up did not happen.
1: Yeah. And usually penalties in overtime are a death sentence, especially with RPK. But I mean, credit to the abs for killing that off. Josh Manson and Eric Johnson were fantastic in that PK situation.
0: Which was, which was surprising because Eric Johnson looked at points in this game. Like he was having trouble keeping up. Oh dude. He looked so slow. He did like that. Usually, like it's hard to notice, like when a guy looks slow in the NHL because everyone's just so good. But when you have two teams like the Abs and the Rangers who are just so fast and good in transition, Eric Johnson looks like he's in concrete.
1: Yeah, he did. I think there was one point late in the third where he just got burned. He was just caught flat-footed. And exactly,
0: just got... exactly the play in my head where it's yeah. just like he—he's just—he just can't move against yeah. these teams. Like it's a genuine struggle
1: yeah and he he was great him and manson both Uh, was it manson or ej that made that hit on a faceoff that was able to get a clear at late in the overtime i think it was manson
0: i think i was disassociating at that point so yeah yeah, you're just dreading the
1: game potentially ending but yeah i mean they they were fantastic in it i do always think i like this rule the nhl will never do it because they they don't they're stupid but if you commit a penalty and there's still a power play time at the end of the game of overtime, you should play until the power
0: plays over. Yeah. I like that idea. I really, what, what's well,
1: stopping the abs from taking like five penalties in the last minute.
0: See, of this, this, tackling players? this is everyone slowly, but surely coming around to my idea that the shootout is stupid. <laughs> Holy shit. How the yeah. hell does that game end in a shootout? I know we won and I'm happy that we won, but I, I specifically tweet every time before the shootout starts that the result does not matter because I don't want to sound salty if we lose, but the result we tied the result of this game was a tie and we won in a tie breaker. So yeah, you should have, you should be able to finish your power play because the overtime should not end. You should just play until someone wins. It's three on three. And if you want to go home, win the game.
1: Yeah, because I think they had, what, probably like 30 seconds left on the the power play? Enough that it could have been significant. Yeah. Like, what's another 30 seconds of game
0: going to do in the grand scheme of things? What's another five minutes? Like, just we'll extend this into my problem with the (laughs) NHL. What's another five minutes of three on three? How many games would go past 10 minutes? Not much. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Like there would be there'd be a few. There'd be an odd shootout here and there. Like at that point, I get it. Clearly, these teams are not winning this game anytime soon. If you get past half of a period of three on three, yeah. five minutes is not enough time. It's not enough. And a shootout for for a game like that, a shootout is not a satisfying conclusion at all. No,
1: it's it's anticlimactic, but it's I think it's more just about player safety is probably what they would say, because they don't want them taking unnecessary hits, even though I feel like Shesterkin probably could have gotten hurt on the shootout by what Erod did to him. So it's kind of like, well, if we're trying to get player safety, technically not having a one on one situation would probably be safer. But like it's it's right? three on
0: three. Like how many guys are going out of their way to throw hits in three on three? Like is Ryan Reeves gonna see the ice in three on three overtime? In a ten minute one, maybe maybe for three seconds and then they will very quickly pull him off the ice because you don't want him on the ice in a three-on-three situation so like i get it but the only excuse i ever see is like well the players want to go home Uh, really because the shootout (laughs) seems to take pretty long i think if we just played five more minutes and someone won the game then we would have gone home sooner yeah, I mean, the three-on-three three has definitely helped. I feel like there's not nearly as many
1: shootouts as there were in the early 2010s. It was a
0: plague in the early 2010s where we went to shootouts every time. Like, you can't win games four-on-four four in five minutes.
1: You have to admit, shootouts were fucking sweet when they first came in, though. Yeah, so sick.
0: Great little fun idea at first. It's been, like, 20 years.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's still, there's still moments. Like, what was the name of that Rangers player who had that sick goal? Uh... In like the first year of it, it was a defenseman. I can't remember his I name. Know,
0: but... I know, exa- I know exactly. God, I know this, but for some reason, whenever we're on the pod, I just forget all of my hockey trivia. Yeah, I want to take a test, but it was against the Capitals. I know that. That's why yeah. I know that. But it, and this shootout, granted, this is one of the rare times where even I have to admit a shootout is a little cool because it's Georgiev and Shistarkin, and they're going head to head and dueling after a crazy game and Georgiev wins and he get the camera shot of him losing his mind. So credit where it's due, the shootout worked a little in this context here, but that is a blue moon.
1: It's a blue moon. Sorry, Nico Sturm just scored a goal and I haven't seen that in a while, so he, I think he I think that's his third, man. Yeah, that's crazy. But... Four, holy shit wow, Nico Sturm, Rocket Richard, but um, yeah, he looks weird in the San Jose jersey, um, but yeah, I, like the shootout, I thought that one could have gone 50 rounds, like I'm surprised there were t- three goals scored in this shootout, just mean, the way both goals were playing, that screamed like a 10-round shootout to me.
0: They were perfect goals, I mean, for for the, the Rantanen goal, the first one for us, that gave us the lead in the shootout, I called it perfectly, like don't, don't deke like fake deke and just rip it on him. Cause he's expecting that. And ransom goes top shelf and Georgiev has a chance to seal it against Panarin. and Panera and just what is Georgiev supposed to do? Perfect move. And then Evan Rodriguez busts out like the, the nasty triple shootout. Yeah. The nastiest shootout move of all time. He deeks out and scores on him and then takes him out after that just to spit on him. But what a nasty move to give the abs. Like, I don't think Shusterkin was expecting that at all from no. Rodriguez, of all people. I was not expecting Rodriguez to go. No, I was expecting Val. Yeah, I was too. I I don't know. I guess Rodriguez showed stuff in training camp that shows he might be pretty good at shootouts.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, that was a dirty ass that was, move.
0: That was disgusting yeah. for a game like that where the goalies look so good for Evan Rodriguez to steal the spotlight in the shootout. I did not have that on my bingo card.
1: No, didn't have it on my bingo card. And like you said, Bednar is paying attention at practice because he had to put something on tape where it's like, yeah, this guy's our fourth best shootout guy. And then Georgie at the end, man. I mean, that, I thought Lafreniere made a good move. It's just G- Georgiev was better.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, and what a, this is the one time the shootout worked in this context. What a great way to to end the game. He makes the save after stealing the game on the road at Madison Square Garden against Shesterkin. Like just the kind of thing, like you, you, if you scripted it, it would feel too cliche.
1: Yeah, it, it was perfect. It reminded me, remember when Darcy Kemper did that last year against Edmonton where he like tucked the sword that's, away?
0: Yeah, that, well, that's, the kind of game that Shesterkin had here. I'd say that was the best performance we had since Darcy Kemper had that game against yeah. Edmonton last year. Yeah,
1: and Georgieff was unreal, man, and he deserves all the flowers for this game. And I, I think we're going to be talking about him a lot this year just because if he continues to put performances like that, like it's way too early, but it, I'm going to say it, like he's, he's in the Besna conversation as of right now.
0: Yeah, as of, seven, as of seven games into an 82-game season, Georgiev has been one of the best. You got yeah. to give him credit.
1: Yeah, you got to give him credit. And will he sustain it all year? I don't know.
0: But, I mean, what's coming back down to earth to him? A 9-15? But, like, that's the thing. We don't even need him to. Like, no. once once this team gets rolling and they, they get Landis Gog back and they get Helm back and they get some guys rolling, the scoring is going to come. Like, five-on-five five scoring is iffy right now, but it'll figure itself out in time. Once that gets going and the power plays clicking, you're not going to need Georgia to be a 950. You give me a 910. We're winning every game. Yeah. It, it's going to be great. And you know that
1: uh, McFarland and Sackic are going to trade for someone this year. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're There's, going to trade for
0: we're someone. We're not coming out of the trade deadline empty handed. What we've yeah. seen from the fourth line, I'd be shocked if we made it to the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, but it's too early to tell who's on the trading block and who's not because teams like the Flyers, who were supposed to be bad, are somehow still really good. So it's not there quite yet. But you know they're going to add pieces, and I think the defense is only going to get better with more time. Like it, I completely agree that if if the Abs continue to see your gift, just needs to be a nine fifteen, nine twenty, and you
0: win. 85% of your games. Again, because like we go to the playoff conversation. I know, seven games into the season. But Darcy Kemper in the playoffs last season got stabbed in the eye and was a 9 2 and the Avs went 16-4. and four. They
1: won a Stanley Cup.
0: They won a Stanley Cup. They lost four games. You put Alex Georgiev in front of a team that knows how to play in the playoffs and turns it on in the postseason and gives, gives you a 9-10. That, that's it a 9 10 league average you are fine
1: yeah you're golden you're, you're in a really good spot so yeah i mean just an unreal hockey game it's gonna be tough for the rest of this road trip for a game to top that like you you already know that this devil's game is gonna be so ugly like it's oh. not gonna be a fun game and <laughs> it's just going to be a gross game.
0: I mean, it could be the exact opposite where you have like Frankie going up against Blackwood and it's like a five, four game with like combined 40 shots. Yeah. That's, that's quite possible because I agree. I think
1: you probably go Frankie against New Jersey and then you give Georgiev F the game on Saturday. Yeah. Going against going, Saturday. against,
0: going against Sorokin who is like very much up there with Shesterkin. You give yes. Georgiev of that run.
1: Yeah. And then they have what like a like six days off before yeah. the
0: Finland games? Yeah, well we have two days off before this back to back. And then we have so that the Islanders games on Saturday yeah. and we play next Friday against Columbus back to back and then four days off. So we have two games pretty much over the course of the next ten days.
1: Yeah, I mean you gotta keep Georgiev fresh. Like I, I honestly I think that's going to be those will be fun games in the moment, but it's also kind of like, why? Why do we have to do this? Like, why are the ABS the ones that have to go over there?
0: I know, like well, we have ranting in, and we have lacking in, and we got the Finnish players, and Patrick Linea's back, so it's just we're trying to grow this stupid game overseas, yeah, get some more stupid fans, so we can raise the stupid salary cap. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just annoying, but...
1: those are going to be so weird to watch, like the ABS at eleven a.m. my time. Right, that's on gonna be fr- so like on a
0: friday yeah
1: like i'm gonna try and get off of work and take the day off but i, I don't
0: know if that's possible yeah well I, it's not about us here it's about the- yeah
1: it's about growing the game all those i know we have some some finland listeners so i'm happy you guys get to see this team because they are fucking awesome but
0: yeah. we actually have a lot of Finnish listeners i should stop yeah. talking in such a condescending tone yeah
1: no, the 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 Finnish people are
0: great, and uh, I, I have never met a Finnish person I didn't like. I'm yeah,
1: sure.
0: granted, I don't I'm know living. I, I'm gonna be honest.
1: I don't know if I've ever met a Finnish person.
0: I I know a, a handful of people from Finland, whether they were born there. So I know some people still live in Finland. They are some of the kindest people I have ever met. Yeah, I mean, my best
1: friend's sweet from Sweden, so I guess there's that little natural rivalry. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I guess we get to experience what they get to experience every other game of the year, and that's games at just weird times.
0: Well, at least for us, it's in the afternoon, and one of yeah. them on a Saturday. It's not like watching a game at two a.m. on a Tuesday. That's true. That's true. But they're just passionate fans, man. Oh, so yeah. I, mean, they, I mean, they they deserve this. Like we're complaining, but like it's it's two games or against Columbus. Who cares?
1: Yeah. We'll probably lose both of them. Let's be real. We probably will. <laughs> well,
0: honestly. This is we're improving. We might win one this time.
1: Yep. We may win one. But yeah, I mean, that's gonna be an interesting experience. Um should we do like well, let's just we're getting near the end of the episode. Let's uh let's let's give some predictions for the Devils and Islanders games. What are you thinking?
0: I uh, see, I I don't think my one from earlier for the Devils game is gonna be that far off. If we're playing Frank, like this is no offense to Frankie, but I think if it's a a Blackwood Frankie game, I wouldn't be surprised to see that five three Avs.
1: Yeah, I think this is a major letdown spot for the Avs. I would not be shocked if they lost this game.
0: I wouldn't be either. Trap game central. The Devils are not bad, but the Devils are very liable to give up a lot of goals very quickly, but also score a lot of goals very quickly. Just look at their last two games. They gave up like four goals in a period of the Caps last night. And I think they scored like five goals against the Red Wings today in very short succession. Like they are... A team that is not there yet, but they have the pieces to be dangerous, and they outshoot their opponent like essentially every night. They destroyed yeah. the Red Wings six to two today and yeah. put up forty-one shots on them. So I mean, Red Wings aren't bad either. So I, 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 completely, bad either. I, I completely agree. It's going to be
1: very interesting. I think that's a letdown spot. I don't usually predict the Avs to lose, but I wouldn't be shocked if they get outdueled in this one, like five-four in overtime.
0: Yeah, like if if we're on our game, if we if we play the way we played against the Rangers. Then and the Vegas. Basically. Yeah, and Vegas. Then we will win this game. If we play the way we did against the Kraken or the Jets, then we will lose this game. I think it's that simple. I mean, and credit to the Devils. That was the Red Wings' first regulation loss of the season. Yeah. And the, the Devils, all season, they're going to be this team where they are Jekyll and Hyde, where they're either going to get blown out and crushed or they're going to win games big. They're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe next year they will, but they're an exciting team to watch. But if the ABS defense is there if they go with Giorgi. Even if Frankie's in, I think Frankie's due to have a big game. So I'm I'm sticking with the ABS to win just because they're playing well lately. So I have no reason to believe that they're gonna take the night off here. And I think I'm gonna stick with five to three. I don't I don't hate that. I just feel like this
1: is such a major letdown spot. So that's why I think they I think they may drop this one and then beat the shit out of the Islanders on Saturday.
0: I think the Islanders game is going to be pretty tough. Probably, let's face it, low-scoring game. That's probably when we're going to see Georgiev going up against Sorokin. Probably another goalie duel, and three-two abs. Yeah, I
1: mean, maybe maybe they start Varlamov in a revenge game, but he's had like twelve revenge games against the Avs at this point. So,
0: yeah. if 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 he's still calling them revenge games, he's being petty.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun weekend and then we, we got like a week without abs hockey. So just get prepared. We're going to have a fantastic episode Sunday and then Tuesday will just be who knows. Yeah,
0: Tuesday, what. we will see. Yeah, we'll probably just have like an around the NHL episode or something. I mean, I'm I'm surprised the Islanders are last in the East right now.
1: I feel like they haven't played that bad, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've played six games, but they have the exact same record as the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes won big tonight, man. They did they beat up on the Blue Jackets tonight? You best believe. On Friday when
1: they open up Mould Arena, I'm taking the Coyotes money line. That
0: on, is that on Friday already? Yeah, Friday on national TV. Oh, better, Who are they playing? I, have I
1: no idea, but it's Coyotes Winnipeg, money.
0: They're playing Winnipeg.
1: Oh yeah, Coyotes on, money.
0: 10:30 on a Friday, like that entire stadium, you could you could probably get drunk just by breathing in that air.
1: Yeah, Mould Arena, baby. You're
0: telling Mold me Mould Arena. College atmosphere, season opener. Everyone knows this is the worst team you've ever seen, and that is only going to enhance the experience. Yes,
1: it's going to be great. So I can't wait for that one. I can't wait for the Avs on Friday, too. Like, there'll be a good, like, dessert after the main entree. It's just watching Mold Arena. So um I can't wait. I, I can't think. Do we miss anything from this one game?
0: Not that I can think of, or at least – not I'll probably remember once I'm editing and realize how much stuff we actually missed. But, you know, why don't I – because I have not looked at Twitter at all after this game. So I'm going to make sure that, like, no one had, like, a season-ending injury or anything very quickly. <laughs> but uh, we we look like we're good. I mean, just a, a great win for, for Alex Georgiev. A great and win we, for the We app. didn't even mention this. The fourth liners actually got some shifts in the third period. Yeah, in the third period and somehow played less time. Because you had Martin <laughs> Martin Kaut played four forty nine. Mikhail Maltsev, Mikhail Maltsev played in this game will be five fifty-four. Dryden Hunt six forty-three. We are getting players before the trade deadline. Yes. This there is simply not a combination of players that Jared Bednar likes at the moment.
1: Yeah. After the third line, it's just kind of but they did play some shifts in the third period. I think they, they got two.
0: They did definitely play at least a shift in the third period this time.
1: Well, see, I, I want them to, I, I, we just need a game where the abs are like blowing a team out and they can just get consistent ice time throughout the game. Yeah. I mean,
0: I feel Cause like, I feel like Kout like hasn't been really given a cheese played combine a combined 12 minutes in the three I, games. Like, been up. Has his time on ice this season even been a combined 20 minutes? Yeah. I don't think so. No. So, I think we just need one of those, all these games we've been playing recently have been super
1: close games, so you can't throw them out there.
0: There there was one play that Kout had where if he swapped his handedness, he probably would have had a goal. There yeah. was one play where a puck bounced right out in front of Shesterkin and it's on the opposite side of him. If he switched his hand to his left hand, he'd have a goal. Yeah, I agree. So I, we just need one of those games and we haven't
1: had one recently. So I'm hoping we get one of those games where, I mean, even if the abs are getting blown out, like I, I just want to see him get some confidence and actually play more than four fucking minutes, yeah.
0: I just want to I just want to see Martin Kaut get a chance. yeah, because he he, he hasn't gotten a chance. You cannot call these games a chance. They're not. He's getting thrown out there. They're, these are pity minutes. Mm-hmm. These are we're throwing you out there because we have to.
1: but that's that, that's the sport right now. So I, I hope there's a game where he gets to play a little bit. But I mean, other than that, I, I think Hunt's probably, like, as long as he stays healthy, he's probably going to stay in this lineup for I a
0: think, while. I think he's pretty secure at the moment. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't he have to go back on waivers if Correct. we can send him down? So it's
1: the same thing like it was with Knack.
0: Yeah. So I doubt they're going to send him down anytime soon. Cause if they did, the Rangers will just be like, fuck okay. you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We'll, we will take him back, I guess. Yeah, so, so Hunt's gonna be up here for the long haul, at very least, until we get some guys back. Even then, I imagine he'll stick around as an extra. Just yeah. I mean, him and McDermott will be the two extras, and McDonald. Yeah. I got. I th- th- I thought it was funny that people were upset that McDermott did not play in this game. Dude, I'm always
1: upset when McDermott doesn't play. I,
0: I know you're not, but people had like, well, we're playing Ryan Reeves, like we need to be able to protect ourselves. And I loved when when Lekkonen took that hit from Jacob Trouba. It's where you need Curse McDermott to answer, like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was a fine hit, whatever. And Leckinen's fine. Truba doesn't
1: usually make queen hits, but he made a queen hit there.
0: Yeah, like, every once in a blue moon, Jacob Truba can land a hit that is not in the head.
1: Yeah, it's like, and,
0: and if Curse McDermott was playing, that wouldn't have prevented it. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have been playing because the top line's on the ice. Yeah. So, it's fine. And I'm cool with the
1: extras, but I agree. I mean, that tr- this trade deadline's going to be interesting because we have our first-round pick. You don't really have any prospects you can trade because well, I don't think you're move prospects to begin with because like he'll be a low level prospect for someone, but
0: you, yeah, like at at some point you're gonna need somebody to play yeah. for you in the future
1: some sometime, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a move at the trade deadline. I don't know if it's going to be as big as like Arturi Lekkinen and Josh Manson. I don't think. It, I don't think but... it
0: needs to be. I mean, it wouldn't hurt if you it want. Would if you would require. If you want to acquire a top six player and push some guys down the lineup, that would work fine. But if you want to find another Cogliano or a Helm or someone like that at the deadline, there will be plenty of them out there. If you want to, how sick them. would it be if they got Berkey back? Would literally never happen, and I hate you <laughs> for even suggesting that it's a possibility, but. What if it's like four years down the line, he's on the last year of his deal
1: and the Kraken still aren't good and he comes back? How sick would that be? I can't wait that long. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, man, I I don't think we have anything else. Berkey had a beautiful assist now. I don't know if you saw that.
0: I Um, I know. I didn't even have to see it. I already knew it in my heart. Yeah. So, but I I got
1: nothing else, man, unless you got
0: something. Do you want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks? And, oh,
1: the Vancouver Canucks are just one of the worst teams in the NHL, To a surprise to a few, but if you've been watching the Canucks for the past couple of years, they're just like the most
0: um, average team in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like they're just winless. They blew leads in like four of yeah. seven games so far. They well, could have started the season 4-0. No. Yeah.
1: And the worst part about it is they aren't bad enough for a top lottery pick. They just aren't. They might, might be at this point. I, I don't think so, man. I think Thatcher Demko's too good. But right now yeah. he's not. Right now he's not. But yeah, that team has too much talent. I know it's all hurt right now, but yeah, it's I I they just they win all in with these guys and Pedersen really hasn't taken a step forward. J T Miller like hates all of his teammates and like Bo Horvat I think is okay. Like yeah. it's just a very average court.
0: Pedersen all locked
1: up long-term
0: yeah like Pedersen like he's great is he elite I don't know like he's a good top six forward but he's not a I'd I'd argue a top line forward I'd give him that yeah no he's definitely that but he's just he hasn't progressed from his rookie form yeah and is Quinn Hughes the guy you build your defense around no he reminds me a lot
1: of like I think he's a best description of Sam Gerard.
0: For yeah, anyone he's else, the, like, he's like the final form of Sam Gerard Yeah, that like
1: Sam Gerard is makes significantly less than him. So yeah,
0: and Gerard might be better at defense too. Yeah. So yeah,
1: the Canucks are in quite the conundrum. The Wild actually won a game tonight against Montreal.
0: Whoopie. Yeah. yeah. For you guys.
1: So I mean, yeah, it's still early in the year, but there are some teams that you're like, what the fuck's going on here?
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Nashville last episode. They have not won a game against a team in the United States this season. They went 0-4-1 ever since they came back from the check against the Sharks. And I get like Vancouver, it's brutal out there. Did you see the Jim Rutherford interview the other day on, on after hours talking like they had a bad camp? We'll see what happens with Boudreaux. We might be progressing towards a rebuild. Like, just hitting all of the beats in one rating. How can you
1: progress towards a rebuild when you have all these guys locked up
0: long-term? How can you progress towards a rebuild when you never rebuilt? Yeah. They never rebuilt at all. I just, sh- I find it so funny. JT Miller. Yeah. Well, I just find it so funny that the Canucks, for years, just thought they were above this concept of a rebuild. Like, pfft. That's for lesser organization. Look yeah. how long it took the Sabres look at the coyotes, right? That's, that's where rebuilds get you as if the Canucks for five years were not worse than both of those teams. Yeah. And God, I mean, they're in a bag of shit right now. I watched their game against the hurricanes last night. It was a close game for a little bit. The start of the third period, it was one, one, two minutes in the third period, three, one hurricanes, they lose three to two. And now they're Owen seven on the season. Like that Sabres game for them was ugly.
1: ugly. Uh, I, I had the Sabres money line, so I was cool with it.
0: Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the Sabres look decent. I think they're getting their asses kicked by the Kraken right oh, now. Oh yeah. But the the Sabres looked decent, but that crowd was ugly. Like they they gave the Canucks a break for the the home opener for intros and everything. You could see on the players' faces, they were scared. They were out on the ice like shit. Are we about to get booed because we haven't won a game yet? They got cheered. And then that third period happened, and that was merciless. Yeah, they were like, throwing jerseys on the ice. Yeah. It,
1: it's not good in Vancouver right now. Yeah.
0: Throwing jerseys on the ice, and man, has the tone shifted around Bruce Poudreau over the last half of a year.
1: See, that's to me, it's like, you know what Bruce Poudreau is. Like, what other coach is out there right now that's going to fix this?
0: I mean, if if they don't turn it around, it really doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, it's true.
1: But yeah, I mean, Canucks, sorry. I, I mean, it's just, yeah, I they'll turn it around and they'll be like an 85 point team and they'll draft 11th, and
0: that's I mean, if, their life. If there is one ideal landing spot for Connor Bedard, is it not Vancouver? Where oh, that'd be from, sick, dude, where he's from, and then you get Bedard versus McDavid for the next 15 years. Yeah, that'd be sick. We all know Bedard's either going to end up in Montreal or fucking
1: like, like he just doesn't. There's no way he can go to San Jose, right? Like, if he goes to San Jose, that's worse for the NHL.
0: San Jose, I think, would be better, honestly, than some of the like Arizona. Arizona would be sick. Don't even lie, man. Connor Bedard does not deserve to play in a 5,000 seat arena for that's the true. first four years of his career. That's true. But
1: I think the Sabres are going to be too good for the first overall pick. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it's like San Jose, Philly, who knows what they're going to be. But, like, it seems like it will be Montreal. Montreal would be interesting for him. I think that's, like, the NHL's dream scenario as he ends up there. Him and Caulfield playing together would be pretty sick.
0: Yeah, they get back-to-back first overall picks.
1: Yeah, it's possible.
0: It's possible. I I think it's a good thing that Chicago is winning games right now. Like, they've won – four in a row they beat the panthers today i think i think it's five in a row five in a row actually yeah they're five and two now right is it still four? i don't know but Mm -hmm. i think it's i think they're four and two now at this point so it's great that they're winning games they're not going to make the playoffs so i don't want them getting Connor bedard because that is the nightmare scenario yes where they they get rewarded for their horrendous behavior tank once and then immediately get Connor bedard nightmare that's how the nhl works though that's probably what's going to happen. Best case scenario, I I want Bedard to go to Seattle.
1: That'd be sick. Yeah. I'd be happy with that.
0: You get Bedard, Beniers, Wright, and then you have a top line of Bjorkstrand, Bedard, and Berkey. And Berkey scores 50 goals. Yeah, that'd be sick. I'm cool with that. That's a- the dream. I think Seattle may be too good, though, too. I think they're going to cool off. I mean, as long as you're in the bottom 10, you have a chance. That's true.
1: But, but yeah, I mean, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes are in full effect right now.
0: Yeah. And there's there's gonna be some teams that pull the shoot on this season very quickly. Yes. Like if the Canucks very, very if the Canucks stay bad, I I think it would be dumb for Jim Rutherford to do anything else other than, oh no, my hands are tied by everybody and get Connor Bedard and finally turn the Canucks into a good team.
1: Yeah, but they can't really trade anyone. Holy shit, Matt Nieto just scored a beauty.
0: Yeah, they're all they're all coming out of the woodwork today.
1: Love it. Matt Nando's going to be a NAV by the end of
0: this year. I can promise you that. We love our old guys. Yeah, he'll be a NAV. McKinnon loves him. Well, I mean, for the Canucks, they can trade Orbat because he's a he's a UFA after this season. Or, or they can just do what they do for everybody and just sign him. Sign him,
1: yeah. We'll see, but... Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting starts, but we'll be able to dive into those a lot more on next Wednesday's episode when we have nothing about the Avs to talk about. Yeah,
0: and once we get a couple more games under our belt with everybody else, and we'll start, we'll slowly but surely start to see who's who's really good this season. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of outliers right now. Oh yeah. So, we'll see where all that goes in time. Avs win three to two in a shootout over the New York Rangers. I don't see any game this season being better than this one other than like an outlier, like eight to six game or something like that. Even then, those aren't as fun as this, like yeah. the super tense goalie duels and everything, like just good hockey. I don't see a game being better than this. So really sets a great tone for the rest of the season that it does not get better than this. And we are seven games in. So, <laughs> Regardless, we will be back. On Sunday, talking about the ABS, two games against the New Jersey Devils and the New York Islanders. Kale McCarr shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com. Use promo code It is for access to $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Though you, I suppose you do have quite a bit of time before November 10th. But when they're back, three-game homestand, Nashville, Carolina, St. Louis. Those are all games that I would definitely go make an effort to go see if you can so yes. promo code tell it as it is really helps the show out we want to help you save some money so keep us in mind next time you're buying some tickets if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore belay and you can follow the show at tell it as it is but until then we will talk to you guys next time talking about the new jersey and the islanders game but until then let's go abs